Welcome back oh, to sorry, Edgework sorry. on the Hammer Betting <laughs> <laughs> Network, the live show. It's hard for me to stay focused as I was getting ready to run into this. In the corner of my eye, in the bottom of the screen, I've got both Rob and Andy dancing the entire Whose time. Whose dance moves were intro. better? Whose dance were better? Definitely who's, Andy's who's dance were better. Definitely. I would say Andy's were more uh, were more emphatic like he was really really into really it good. i got that there. swivel i got the swivel chair so i was <laughs> that works nicely. It, right? <laughs> if i i wish i had glow sticks for that really that yeah, song needs glow good sticks. idea it kind of does need the glow hands, sticks yeah. right my my setup here is i've got like the dark the dark background going with like the dark blue lights i can mix in some glow sticks as it gets started there but <laughs> I got, a story about on... a gold, I got a story about a glow <laughs> stick, but, uh, you know, it's, it's probably for another, another time. Yeah, that might be for a different YouTube channel. I... <laughs> maybe maybe an OnlyFans channel, I would think. <laughs> yeah, the Edgework OnlyFans. <laughs> Edgework is a great name for that. <laughs> we are live on the Edgework YouTube channel and Twitch channel for the second day in a row now. So if you guys are here for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button on this video and turn on notifications so you get notified every time we go live Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, breaking down the night before his games, looking at the day of games and giving our best bets. As far as last night's games go here, a uh, few takeaways from each of us. I'm going to start it off. It's a team that I was watching intently last night, team that I'm watching for 82 games of the season, really, at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Going into this season, uh, you lose Jack Campbell to Edmonton. It was a big ticket that he goes there, and then we acquire Matt Murray. A lot of the talk was, man, Toronto's goaltending might have taken a step back, which is interesting considering that Jack Campbell by no means is a superstar goaltender. Mm -hmm. But after watching Sam Sonov, I was looking at him ahead of the season saying, this guy could potentially be the number one here in Toronto by end of year. His opportunity comes up with a Matt Murray injury, and he's given us 920 save percentage or above in every game that he's gone in this year for the Leafs. He's not lo yet lost in a Leafs jersey. Rob, do you kind of feel like this might be a situation where the Leafs goaltending was underestimated heading into the season, or is it going to regress? Well, I mean, it's hard to say because it's been three games, but Samsonov has a 2.16 goal saved above expected, according to Evolving Hockey. Those are very good numbers through three games. I think when Kyle Dubas made the move to sign Murray and Samsonov, it was in hopes that one of the two would work out, right? And that was a better gamble than bringing Jack Campbell back and just hoping that he works out. So overall, it remains to be seen. Obviously, Murray's out long-term at this point. Uh, but Samsonov does look good. He looks like he has, you know, he's kind of got his crease back. He's he's moving good. Uh, I mean, last night the Leafs should have won. It would have been disappointing if he had, had lost that game because they did outplay the Stars overall. But um, early signs of a positive return. And the thing with Samsonov, he's still very young, right? It's not like he's some aging veteran goaltender that you, um, you know, basically know what he is at this point um he's he's got the opportunity to to take that crease and and run with it but unfortunately for the Leafs he's on what a one-year deal so if he does have that season it's going to be pay up in the yeah and then the con well. the the comments will all be how can the Leafs afford this guy <laughs> right I I think um I think we we knew what we were get, getting with Jack Campbell for the most part same goes for for Matt Murray I mean he's at a, an age where you you kind of know what you're getting uh, with Matt Murray, obviously, you hope to get a little bit more than he's given uh, in the last last few seasons. But uh, with Samsonov, I mean, there's there's potential there, right? I mean, he has pedigree. He was a high draft pick. Um, I do think there's some some issues there that are are hard to 
uh, quantify because, you know, the, the, it comes down to things like character and whatnot. Uh, obviously, there was issues in Washington, and that led to him, uh, you know, not, not staying there. So, um, I don't know. It's The book isn't out on him yet, but uh, like I said, there's, there's potential there for sure. All right. Flipping over to the New Jersey-New York Islanders game from last night. New Jersey takes this one 4-1. to one. We've been kind of impressed with them throughout the first week and a half here from their young guys, the speed, the energy these guys are playing with on a consistent basis. Right now, it looks like they're getting some good goaltending. Rob, uh, I know that Mackenzie Blackwood is a guy who has had some troubles before. Uh, the Devils have kind of been a little bit underwhelming in the previous seasons in terms of hey they went out and got pk suban they got sammy vatten and everyone thought they might take a step forward and then it turns out it actually went backwards with the uh acquiring those guys <laughs> acquiring those guys um with this devil's team as it is right now with the goaltending they're getting and the energy from these young guys do you think that this devil's team could be taking a step forward here I do think so, but it's also possible that the Islanders are just trash as well. <laughs> because at one point in that game last night, shots were 15 nothing Devils. Expected goals were 1.2 to 0 for the Devils. And I was watching Thursday Night Football, pulled up the Devils' second period on my laptop while I was watching the game. And the Islanders, first of all, the Devils are a fast team, very fast. You could tell that they have good skaters. The Islanders don't know how to handle that. So maybe it just looks makes the Devils look a lot better than they actually are but i'm not a subjective based handicapper at all for people that know how i do things it's just like very model based i make a number on a game you know i'm not even making the number it's just essentially automated but i do have to start thinking more about teams with that type of speed versus teams that are extremely slow because the islanders had no hope in that game and if we look at the islanders this year sorokin has saved almost six goals above expected in three games it could be so much worse for them. So I think the Islanders might be low-key bad, and I think the Devils might be low-key good. Obviously, we're dealing with small sample sizes at the beginning of the year here, but if they can get one of those goalies to even be average, I think the Devils are fine. And we're seeing some resurgences from goalies this year. We've seen Carter Hart turn it around. Uh, Samsonov would be another one with the Leafs. So potentially, if they could get something out of Blackwood, uh, I do think that the Devils could sneak into the playoffs and they would be a, a tough out for a team. If you look at even strength um, shot attempt percentage uh, uh, over at EvolvingHockey.com, uh, the Devils are first in the league right now, uh, generating roughly 80 shot attempts on a, uh, or second in the league, sorry, generating roughly 79 shot attempts uh, per 60 minutes. That's behind only the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and they're the best team in the league right now through whatever five games. Uh, in terms of suppressing shot attempts, they've only allowed uh, roughly 40 shot attempts uh, at even strength on a per 60 minute basis. So there are some some good signs here for sure. The uh, the goaltending situation in the island, I mean, I know we're focusing on the Devils here, but that was one that I thought ahead of the season was going to be a huge factor in them being having a bounce back here from last year. I just kept looking at all the, the factors of them starting most of their games on the road, coming back to a new barn after they had that massive road trip at the beginning yeah. and was like, all right, well, maybe some of these things could have just played. And then they had some of their COVID issues. They had guys going out. And I just kept feeling like, I don't think that team's as bad as they are. But this season, you're looking at the goaltenders playing as good as they have been. And you're mentioning Sorokin and some of the numbers he's put up. And you're looking at what the team performs and how slow they are. That team just might be bad. 
They just even might the, be a bad team. Even the one Varlamov start, he played well. They've gotten good goaltending in every game so far. It's not like they've lost a game because they haven't had... But but then, I mean, you, you spin it on its head and the argument could be they just have good goaltending and that'll be enough to carry them through over the course of the year. Look at the Rangers last year, right? I think the Rangers do a lot of things that people don't really account. Like, people get fixated on expected goals and Corsi. And, like, the Rangers, to me, were a team that if you watch them a lot, it didn't really match the perception of their actual numbers uh, overall, or at least their peripheral numbers. But the Islanders, to me, just don't look good. Like, they don't. I've caught them two games for them this year. They look slow. They they definitely look like a team that's built for 1980s hockey. Just on just on kind of like like the macro level when thinking about uh, the like let, let's say the Rangers and the the style of hockey they play maybe they they kind of burn the candle at both ends but they can afford to to do that um, with a guy like Shesterkin right and and if they're generating the same types of chances or or better chances than they're giving up even slightly they've got a, a an A plus goaltender arguably the best goaltender in hockey right now. Um, you know, guarding their net where they can they can get away with that, right? So, um, you know, you've got to got to kind of consider that. Um, and as far as the Islanders go, as you know, like I, I think that Sorokin and Varlamov, to a lesser extent, uh, are really the only reason that you you would kind of consider them as a, a possibility to contend for a playoff spot. Um, but I think we're kind of getting out of this, uh, you know, the golden age of goaltenders, right? Like. Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to rely on a goaltender nowadays. And, you know, the, the great goaltenders are, are few and far between. There's a uh, Sorokin is, is in that conversation for sure. But, um, you know, with the all of the, the the other parts of the Islanders game that they have, you know, yet to improve on, it's uh, it's tough to see them making a run here. Before we get into Andy's takeaways from last night, I just want to remind everybody, if you're watching on the Edgework YouTube channel or Twitch, or if you're watching on Twitter right now, you can head over to YouTube and have your comments read in real time. And when you get there, hit that subscribe button, hit like on this video, follow. You'll get notified every time we go live, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Andy, last night, there's football on, there's basketball on, there's hockey all across the board. Is there any games you were? Yeah, Yeah. the sports equinox is is on right now. Is there any games you were focused on in particular last night? Well, I did not watch much hockey last night. Pretty much no hockey at all. And there's a a good reason for that. But uh, I'll get into the bet first. I I had two bets, both losers, um, yesterday. The first bet was uh, the bigger of the two. It was on the National Predators. Uh, I bet it around minus 130. Shared it at com and around minus 135 because the line had moved a little bit. Um, but after that, it, it, it that line soared up north of minus 150. Looked like I was going to get a ton of closing line value. Obviously, I assumed UC Saros was gonna, going to get the start for Nashville, but uh, about 15, 20 minutes before the game time, the Preds Twitter account, which is the absolute worst way to find out about a, a surprise <laughs> goaltending confirmation because they always have a stupid nickname and like celebratory emojis like great picture thumbs up yeah yeah it's like no it's not a good thing like are you guys it's like you know i don't know it's uh and and at first obviously uh the the preds jump out they get a two nothing lead they go up three nothing but the goal gets called back they come into the third period up three one um but kind of just hanging on for dear life not really forcing the issue here just trying to sit back and hold on to that lead which is a Terrible strategy in today's NHL. It might have worked 15, 20 years ago, but but doesn't work very very much anymore. Um, and uh, and they blew it. They they lost five three in regulation. Uh, Kevin Lankinen was the starting goaltender. Wouldn't have bet on the Predators if if you know I had a crystal ball that would have told me that that was going to happen. But 
hey, that's going to happen uh, quite a few times over the course of the season when you're betting early in the morning before the, the goaltending confirmations come in. Uh, the other loser was on the Carolina Hurricanes. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch much hockey last night because it was my, my son's uh, seventh birthday yesterday. And uh, I, I try not to sweat games on special occasions. You know, I want him to look back when he's older and, and, and you know, look at those five or six days out of the entire year that I wasn't a complete asshole and he didn't have to come home and say, Dad, who are you cheering for tonight? You know, I want him to look back fondly on those handful of days throughout the year. So, uh, so I, I try not to uh, try not to sweat games on those special occasions. I mean, that's, that's very a, considerate. That is, that's a nice move as a dad. I mean, uh, I, I that, that's why I don't have kids myself because <laughs> I was just, there's no way I would be able to avoid those scores. Well, and your other problems too, right? Like, I mean, we let's, we won't get into that right now. But. <laughs> Well, if you're looking for more of Andy's stuff, you can find him over at VEASAN. You can get access to Andy's daily NHL betting market report with VEASAN's pro subscription. So make sure you go and check that out if you're looking for more stuff from Andy. If you're looking for more stuff from Rob or myself, you can find all of our stuff at thehammer.bet. That's thehammer.bet. We'll find NFL stuff. Uh, NBA stuff coming here, more NHL, all that kind of stuff. So find that. And then you can also check out Andy on Twitter at Digital Gambler and Rob at Rob Pizzola. Um, but <laughs> Connor says he's done betting on Vancouver in the comment section. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, Connor. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Canucks at this point, and we talked about it yesterday with so money. It's just is so, is so money even alive today? Has someone checked <laughs> on him to make sure that he's okay? <laughs> I saw the I market move. He's alive. Yeah, yeah. There was a bet. There was a bet this morning that moved market. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the games here tonight. Uh, there's only three games on the NHL slate tonight, so should be able to get uh, get into these ones pretty well here. Let's start with the first game of the night, the Battle of Florida. There's one thing that I'm looking at in particular here. It is the good old Markham boy, Steven Stamkos. It looks like this guy has new life in his legs right now. Uh, he's tied for the league lead in goals scored. Aside from Steven Stamkos, this Tampa Bay team looks like they just continue to roll on. Florida, to me, has taken a little bit of a step back. They struggle defensively. I was watching a game against Buffalo. I believe it was on last Saturday. They have some holes in their game defensively. There's a few times where they'll just kind of collapse and give up some very, very prime chances. If that holds up throughout the course of the entire season, I can't see Florida looking as good as they did last year or looking to compete like they did last year. Yeah, obviously the Aaron Ekblad injury is just like massive for a team that already, like watching Mark Stahl on a nightly basis, just like sprawling around on the ground. I don't remember who blew by him on like a, uh, on the weekend, I think it was against Buffalo, possibly one on one down the down the wing, where it was just like, I mean, they're in rough shape. The reality is they're in rough shape defensively. They're still going to be able to score goals. They're still going to be able to do those types of things. But uh, going forwards, tough to back, um, especially with the possibility that I think maybe we might see Spencer Knight tonight. There's a chance at least. So um, that decor with Spencer Knight would probably lead me towards a lightning bet. But I will say this about the Bolts too. The Bolts forward core is like is thinner than people think with Sorelli out. Like it's not really that good. Like Brandon Hagel plays on the first line. Kalorn's a second liner. They, you know, Stamkos is scoring. He has six goals on 2.9 expected goals this year. Like you can't really yeah. count on that to continue. And now granted, Stamkos is probably always going to outperform his expected goals because he's a great shooter. But 
I, I have concerns about Tampa Bay going forwards as well. It's not like they're playing uh, super well. They are a little bit thin. Um, their special teams <laughs> is not nearly as good it was, as it was in past years as well. So uh, tough game for me, this one in particular. I would bet Tampa if Spencer Knight is in net for Florida. Uh, but like the reality of the situation, I don't want to lie to anyone who's listening out there. You probably are going to have to bet that very quickly. Like you're not going to really have the opportunity to wait till game time or anything like that. I, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit worried about the lightning. I mean, their offense isn't there uh, specifically at even strength. Uh, I think they've only scored more than two goals one time in, in, so far. And that was against the Columbus blue jackets. Um, they're scoring like a little better than one and a half goals on a per 60 minute at even strength. You've got Florida, you know, up, close to where they were last year, scoring about three and a half goals on a, on a per 60 minute basis. Uh, you know, obviously the lightning will have the edge regardless uh, in goal. If, if Andre Vasilevsky is, is, is starting, which I assume he will be. Um, but this is like Rob said, it's a, this is a tough game. I think if you were just looking at the first, you know, four or five games of this season here and judging the teams uh, based on that, I think the Panthers look uh, a little bit more competent uh, overall than the, the lightning do. Um, but um, you know, obviously the goaltending and the the, the defensive uh, issues and the I guess the the potential issues that could be arise in the future here. They're not as deep as they were. I don't think uh, general manager Bill Zito, maybe maybe he he had a little bit of uh, you know maybe he had that idea that oh Aaron Ekblad was has been injured so much. There's no way he can get injured again this season <laughs> uh, when he traded uh, Mackenzie Weger. Uh, yeah. But uh, the 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 Panthers aren't as deep. They're not. Uh, as you know, capable of of filling that hole, or they might not be capable to to fill that hole left by Ekblad. So it's a tough game to to handicap. I think the market is, um, you know, pretty close to where where it should be according to my model. But um, I I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be pretty pretty shy to make a bet on either of these teams at the current prices, given what we know right now. Yeah, Rob, you brought up uh, like the blow by it. Was, I believe it was Marcel. And when I was watching that game, I audibly laughed. I was like, <laughs> what is this guy still doing? Play- like, what is Florida doing rostering him? And what is he doing still playing? I, I was pretty shocked by that. But I see a comment here from Alex Smith says, hoping my Haw- Hawks can get fired up for a home opener against hashtag Detroit sucks tonight. And they've had nearly a week off. Let's get into this game here. Andy, I know that this one was something that was on your radar when you were looking at the, the board tonight. <laughs> it was, it, re- it really wasn't. I woke up and it's like, no, no Verana, no Bertuzzi, no bet on the Red Wings at minus 125. And then uh, some money came in on the Hawks. Uh, looks like, looks like, um, looks like there was some, you know, uh, attraction out there to the, the Hawks at, at plus money uh, or, or even or better, I guess, because now we're looking at basically a, a pick them here. Uh, Bobrovsky confirmed, according to Jonathan in the chat there. It is uh, confirmed. Just, just saw that come along on Twitter as well. So that's going to be a no bet for us on Panthers bolts. And uh, what if Mrazic starts? I, I assume Mrazic will start this game. I've also got Vili Huso uh, expected to start. The Red Wings have, um, you know, they've got a game against, uh, I think the Devils and the Ducks coming up here, but they're spread out by like four days. So there's no back-to-back situations here in the, the near future. They should be able to run Huso. Uh, if they want to over the next few games, uh, but you know they they could go to Nedeljkovic. The the Blackhawks are arguably the worst hockey team in in the NHL. But um, yeah, I, I mean the the move I think was a little too much. I, I reluctantly bet on the Red Wings at, at minus one fifteen, well around minus one ten actually. But uh, the consensus price was was around minus one fifteen, so that's what we'll say. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I hope they get into the win column. I think the line should be a little bit north of, of minus 120, uh, you know, 1.15 units to win one unit. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bet that I, I didn't wake up wanting to make. Like you said, I was, you know, had, had the Red Wings in mind. No, I didn't. I, I was <laughs> hoping that they would be priced out of range so I wouldn't have to do this because I don't think they're a very good hockey team. The injuries are, are concerning, but they're a lot more competent on offense than, than, uh, than the, the, the Blackhawks are. Sorry. Um, you know, Chicago, they're, they're scoring, uh, sorry, where is it here? Um, much more. You're going to have to keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling. Yeah. 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 They're at the bottom 1.3 goals (laughs) per 60 minutes at, uh, at, uh, I had the the things sorted differently. They're, they're scoring 1.3 goals on a per 60 minute basis. The Red Wings, uh, you know, we're in a, Great offensive team last year, but they're scoring roughly three and a half goals on a, on a per sixty minute basis this year. Uh, I don't think this is a, a great matchup for for the Blackhawks, um, but obviously there's some uh, concern that I'm not maybe not accounting enough for the the, the injuries to Bertuzzi and Verana, two of their best players. Now this line currently we have it pulled up on Betstamp, so if you want to get notified in real time every time these bets are placed, you can download the Betstamp app. Sign up at Betstamp app and then follow edgework in the marketplace you can track all of our picks all of our previous picks and then get notified in real time every time these bets are placed so even if you miss a show you can still find out monday through friday what bets are being placed on edgework here and currently the detroit red wings are sitting at minus 111 on uh, on pinnacle or showing here uh would this be something you would lock in at this price here andy Totally. Yeah. That's, I think, I believe one minus one eleven is the, the average price that I locked in. Um, I, I think things have started to kind of even out a little bit, like the, the money came in on Chicago, but there has been a little bit of a, a pushback or a buyback on the Red Wings. And I think rightfully so, but still some value out there. Like I said, maybe, um, maybe I'm overestimating or maybe I'm underestimating though, just the, what the losses of Rana and Bertuzzi mean to the, the Red Wings. So I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not terribly confident in, in this pick, but it is what it is, right? Value. Yeah, fair enough. All right, final game of the night that we'll look at here, the Seattle Kraken against the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado, a team that can score uh, heavy here. Uh, we're looking at Joe Sackick. I was reading this morning, reports are coming out that they are a little bit concerned about Landeskog and Darren Helms' injuries that they've been suffering with. Landeskog obviously has had to deal with some stuff over the past couple of seasons, but then on the flip side here, the Seattle Kraken can't get goaltending, struggling to score. They look like they're staying in some games, but then if you can't score and your goalie can't stop the puck, you're going to have a hard time winning them. Rob, do you have any initial thoughts on this game tonight? So uh, a few things here. There's the possibility Devin Taves doesn't play for Colorado. He left last game like multiple times, came back to the game, left again. They're not disclosing what his injury is, but there's a chance that he might not be in the lineup or Colorado takes morning skate today and he's not on the ice. You'd probably see a market move towards Seattle if that happened, or at least Seattle puck line. I mean, the Kraken, to me, they're like this team that I watch. I'm like, they look good. They drive play, but then they can't finish and they get bad goaltending consistently. And it's like, you know, I'm not an insane person where I think all of a sudden these things are just going to magically fix themselves because this has been the story for this franchise basically since they came into the league, right? They just don't have enough top-end talent with that high shooting percentage that can overcome it. So they look good at times. They'll pin teams deep. They'll cycle it well. They'll take some some shots, but they don't have the finishing talent. Um, ultimately, tough game for me. Like, I'm not laying this with Colorado with the price that 
uh, sorry, with the chance that Devin Taves is out. But um, for those that that know me, I'm not a huge player props guy, but there is something that stands out to me specifically in this game. I like Jaden Schwartz to score a goal in this game at three to one or better. So I believe Caesars is offering the best price in market right now. Um, maybe a few others, but you can find some 350s, some 340s. BetMGM 350 looks like right now one of the best prices. So Jaden Schwartz has underperformed his expected goals by about 0.7 goals this season. But personally, I mean, if you dig deeper into it, he's generating a ton. He's had 27 shots directed at net in five games. He's had nine medium plus danger unblocked shot attempts in five games so far. He's getting ice time. He's on power play one with the possibility that Taves is out and the avalanche back end is a little bit thinner. Uh, I think that this is a good price. I mean, I'm, I was surprised to see it when I was looking into it. Uh, plus 350, Jaden Schwartz, BetMGM. I would say not a full unit on that, if possible. Something like a half unit, um, even smaller. I'd say half unit is fine. But I think this is a good opportunity for him to score a goal. And I think he is one of the biggest candidates in the league for some positive regression going forwards. Um, in talking about Seattle and their lack of, of shooting talent, like you said, they... They have, at even strength, they've generated roughly three expected goals on a per 60 minute, but they're scoring about half of that, uh, you know, during that same stretch. So uh, at about 1.6 uh, goals per 60 minutes, um, you look at you look at the avalanche and, you know, regardless of, of whether or not they're, they're uh, at full strength, um, they're a, a really good defensive team. So it's going to be tough for, for Seattle to generate the, 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 the scoring chances and the, the, the quality shots that they have been. Uh, over the first few games against this Colorado team. So I think you, you've got to consider that. Um, but uh, definitely, um, I think the the any value, if if at any value at all, it'll be on the, the Kraken. But there has already been uh, quite a bit of a, a move. I mean, they opened around plus 255 yesterday, and I think they're down around plus 230-ish now at, at most shops, are they? Yep. Yeah, and and honestly, there is like a little bit more upside. I, th- I think it, I think we Grubauer is likely going to start for Seattle. This could be a Frenzo's game for Colorado. Not that I think there's That's a right. huge. They got a back to back. Exactly. So um, I think a little bit of upside. Like I wouldn't fault someone for taking a shot with Seattle right now, current market price, or playing the one and a half goals at like minus one hundred five. I don't think that's a terrible wager. It'd be a very small one, just because there's so much upside. Um, with the possibility of Taves being out, with the possibility you get Franco's, I, I don't mind that bet, but could just be another frustrating Seattle game. Wait, where... wait, wait, wait. Are you are you saying that you think Franco's is worse than Georgiev? Is that what you're I, saying? Well, it I do. Yes. Okay. We're 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 in total disagreement there. I think Franco's is a. a Confident goaltender. I think he's been good since he's come to, to North America. I think he was good everywhere else he's he's gone. So I've still got I still rate him pretty highly relative to the the rest of the league. And I found it a little bit funny that Bednar hasn't really kind of you know singled him out as his go to guy yet. Uh, so maybe maybe you're onto something, Rob. I don't know. Well, so here's the thing. I've always I, I have to admit this to like everyone out there, and you hear this all the time. Goalies are voodoo. I strongly believe that. Right. Because it's it's very, very difficult, in my opinion, to project goalies going forwards. And frankly, neither of the goalies has been good this year. Now, granted, Franco's only had the one start, but he was horrible in that start. And I don't think highly of Yoriev either. So I think it could it could like switch pretty regularly. But um, ultimately, I think that's just the downfall of this team, unless one of those guys can get it together. But 
it's tough early on in the year, especially because totally. it's how, how much do you value the early season starts for a goalie um, relative to what we've seen from years past, so on and so forth. Because if you stick to your priors too much on a specific goalie, could mean trouble. Like some goalies just fall off a cliff or come out of nowhere in a given season. And it takes you way too long to catch up to that. So yeah. um, I do put a little bit of subjective analysis into totally. the goaltending as well, but uh, I, I could be totally wrong uh, yeah. on that. I think the market would move though towards Seattle. If Francois was an outstarter, just purely because he's a backup. Hmm. Question for both of you guys, then uh, something like I've kind of strongly felt about this season is, and last year actually as well as one thing that I was arguing was you no longer need the all-star goaltender to win a Stanley cup. You need, you don't need the guy to win the Stanley cup. Now you need a guy who can go in there and just be a guy. You talk about the quarterbacks in the NFLs. Is he the guy or is he just a guy? And there's a difference or a drop-off between those. Last year, I looked at Colorado, that example of Kemper going in there. I don't think he's the guy. He was a guy who could play well enough behind that team. Colorado kind of going with this combination of Francois and uh, Georgiev here. Is that them kind of buying into the system of like, hey, we just need a guy, and if the guy can go in there and give us some competent goaltending, our team is good enough to win? I think um, if that is their mindset, it's the wrong one because Kemper was fantastic in the regular season. He was a big reason why they were so good with all the injuries that they had last year. A lot of their top players missed significant amounts of time, and Kemper saved, uh, uh, I think, approximately about 16 goals above expected, and he's... He was one of the best regular season goaltenders over the the last three to four seasons. So um, I think there is a you know their, their goaltending has been downgraded, um, and I, I don't necessarily agree with. I I would agree that you don't need the guy, but I don't think you can win a Stanley Cup with a guy. I think Colorado is a very unique uh case they're uh you know maybe a uh one of maybe the maybe the maybe last year they were one of the best teams that we'll we'll ever see i don't know um but uh they they are definitely one of the greatest teams of of you know the modern era and um i i don't think there are too many other teams in the league that would be able to make the, the playoff run that they did uh without great goaltending i think the days of winning a cup with anti niemi are, uh, are are long gone unless you have a powerhouse squad like 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 unless Andy you're Colorado said, it, you could yeah. be Colorado and pull it off um I, I will say like I I feel like this is kind of a league-wide shift maybe I'm just too focused on Colorado and Toronto but it's like rather than invest all our eggs into one basket with one goalie and there's the chance that they completely shit the bed let's find yeah. a couple that have potential high upside and hope that one of them just reaches that potential and I don't hate that strategy. I honestly don't. You're kind of just playing the odds. Um, now, obviously, you might not get a bona fide superstar in that case. You might not get the consistency on a nightly basis, and you get the scenario where they're both garbage, and now you're stuck with two garbage goalies. But I, I don't really hate that from a perspective of Colorado, where it's just like, let's ride the hot hand. Let's hope one of these guys can can you know reach their potential, reach their ceiling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, challenging. But Colorado's in a different breed relative to other teams in the league and what they they can afford to do in, in the net. Yeah, like like Tampa Bay would not have reached the Stanley Cup final last year if it yeah. wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky, right? Like they couldn't have gone on the run that they did with with a guy. They needed yeah. the guy. So, yes. I mean, and Tampa Bay was a, still a great team last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough. All right, last thought before we get off here. I see this comments in the chat, so I want to address it. Took stars to win the cup before the season. You guys have any uh, immediate thoughts to that? 
I mean, it, it could happen. It's just a, a long shot. I mean, I looked at the preseason market in terms of futures. The Stars were not a team that stood out to me as someone that I wanted to play futures on, but Ottinger could be really good. I think I think basically you're paying a premium on the Stars because of Ottinger's playoffs last year. Totally, and he, he hasn't done it over a large sample. He hasn't done it in the regular season. He was amazing in the playoffs, obviously, and you can feel a little bit maybe you know, good about the prospects of, of him being able to raise his ceiling and, and, you know, be take his game to that level. But, um, you know, we might never see him play that good again. That, that might've been a, a one-off, right. Uh, that was a pretty incredible playoff series and they still came out on the losing side. So, um, I would, I would still have a hard time, um, hard time price. Obviously anybody can win a seven game series, but I would have a hard time giving the, the, the stars a great shot against a team like Colorado or, or Calgary uh, or even Edmonton uh, in a, in a playoff series. I think I will say this Ottinger already leads the league in goal saves above average so far this year. He has been really good to start the year. So there is that like, you know, it obviously like there is that potential that he is the goalie that he was in the playoffs last season. But typically speaking, like, I think the stars were a little bit overhyped in the off season because there was this expected leap at the goaltending position for them. That was already accounted for in the market, but um, at, you know, he's saying he got a long shot bet here, 50 to one at bet MGM that, I mean, that's fine. Like they have a chance. It's not, you know, I think the stars are going to make the playoffs. You get into the playoffs and you have a ch- Montreal made the cup for crying out loud, you know, like or, or yeah. was you know in the mix, and so. Dallas made the cup with Anton yeah, Dobin. Right. I mean, right. like right, <laughs> Rick Bonus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> All time quote there, friend. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that about does it for today's episode of edgework we are live on the edgework youtube channel on twitch as well as the hammer hq twitter so if you had comments today in real time on twitter we unfortunately didn't see them so next time make sure to go over to our youtube and twitch where we will see them in real time you can subscribe to the channels like the video and you can turn on hit that bell so that you get notified every single time we go live monday through friday 10 30 a.m eastern time if you're looking for more of andy's content you can find him on vsin where you can get access to Andy's daily NHL betting market report with VSIN's pro subscription. And if you're looking for more stuff from Rob and myself, you can head over to the hammer.bet where you can find all of our NFL, NBA, and NHL content as of right now. More stuff coming, so make sure to go over to the hammer.bet. You'll find all of our stuff there. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Greatly appreciated. And Rob, myself, and Andy will be back next Friday. <laughs>